Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 15, 20-34. What if you knew that you were going to receive $10 million for Christmas this year? Do you think you would live the rest of this year a little differently in light of that reality? Do you think you would be so stressed about having to dip into savings a little bit next month because you had to fix something that was broken in your home? Are you going to worry about, oh no, what am I going to do? This car is getting kind of old. How are we going to replace it? Are you going to really be checking the stock market every day to see, or whatever you're invested in to see, you know, how is my retirement fund doing? No, you'll, you'll think very differently because I'm getting $10 million for Christmas. Well, I don't think you're going to get $10 million for Christmas this year. But in the future, there is something that is even more significant that is going to happen to you if you are a Christian. You are going to be raised from the dead. That's what the Bible teaches. Unless we are still alive when Christ returns, if you die, you will be raised from the dead. Is that not a reality that should affect how you live life right now? If getting $10 million for Christmas would make you think differently about your life, how much more should knowing that you will be raised from the dead transform how you think about your life? And that's what we're going to see in the example of Paul as we look at this next section in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's actually start with verse 19. That's where we left off yesterday. And it says, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now, yesterday we talked about how this should affect our evangelism and how I would encourage you not to use the familiar tactic of, well, what if you're wrong and trying to set it up? Well, if I'm wrong as a Christian, at least I've lived a nice life. That doesn't seem to be what the Apostle Paul said. Now, today, instead of thinking about you know, how we should use that in evangelism, I want us to think about the implications that has for us. If you look at your life and you honestly say, man, if, if Christianity isn't true, and if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, I don't know if I would have done anything differently. If you really think that, um, what are you doing as a Christian? Are you making sacrifices as a Christian? Are you saying no to the flesh and being sacrificial with your time, energy, money? Are you sharing the gospel? There's so many things that you should look at and say, man, I would never do these things if I didn't really believe in a resurrected Savior. The fact that Jesus has risen and that we will someday rise should radically transform our lives. So much so that if it's not true, we should say, yikes. What a waste my life was. That's how we should think. And in verse 20, Paul starts by just reinforcing the reality Christ has, in fact, been raised from the dead. And even those words, in fact, is important. 
And we see some of that even in the last reading of all the eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is in fact raised from the dead. And it's not just his resurrection because he is the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Because, you know, in Adam, all die, but in Christ, all will be made alive. And Christ is the first fruits. And then it gets really into some things that are eschatological, uh, talking about in verse 24, the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God, the father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So the Bible speaks very clearly that there will come a time, as it says in Isaiah, where he will swallow up death forever. And we will live in a world where there is no more death anymore in a new heavens and a new earth. And that is the reality that the Bible teaches. So it's not just that the resurrection of Jesus is important. It's that the resurrection of Jesus guarantees the future resurrection and really the fulfillment of these promises that we have seen in the scripture that death will someday be done away with. And that will be done by Jesus Christ. And then there's some comments in verse 27. It says, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. So that's a a qualifier. They're reminding us this doesn't mean that God the Father is going to be subjected to the Son in that moment. Instead, verse 28, when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. So really, a lot of that is, again, emphasizing the resurrection happened in fact, And that should get us looking forward to the fulfillment of these promises of the swallowing up of death forever and death being done away and being the last enemy to be defeated. But then in verse 29, we get back into the implications of what this should mean for us. Now, verse 29, the beginning of it, uh, really the whole verse might be confusing. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people being baptized on their behalf? This is a very interesting and honestly very debated. I I looked at even several different study Bibles and not one of them gave the same answer as the next. And that's where I think we need to look at the scriptures and, and think. And one thing I am confident this does not mean is that we should get baptized for dead people and that that's going to have some salvific effect on people who have died. From what I see in the Bible, that is clearly not what's going on. For it is appointed to man once to die and then comes the judgment. We don't see anything in the scriptures that would lead us to believe that we can do something right now that's going to impact somebody that has already died. So what are the other possible explanations? One would be that he's asking, why do people do this? But he's not endorsing it. He's saying, hey, people get baptized on behalf of the dead. I'm not saying I endorse that practice or that that practice does anything. I'm just saying, why do people do that if they don't believe in a resurrection from the dead. Uh, Others would say that, well, why do we get baptized at all if 
there is no physical resurrection. Why would we get our physical bodies baptized if these physical bodies will not be raised from the dead? Or even others are saying you could understand on behalf of, really in a way that means more because of, people are being baptized because of the influence of martyrs. So it's those who have given their lives for the sake of the gospel um, that is inspiring people to then put their faith in Christ and be baptized because these people are being martyred because they believe in the resurrection of the dead. And that would make sense with what he says in verse 30, where he says, why are we in danger every hour? I protest brothers by my pride in you, which is, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die every day. Why? What do I gain? Humanly speaking, if I fought with beasts At Ephesus, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So Paul here is saying, why would I and the other apostles and those with me, why would we encounter so much risk for the sake of the gospel if the dead are not raised? What's the point of making sacrifices uh, if the dead are not raised? What's the point of putting up with the hardship and, and the risks and the dangers of ministry if the dead are not raised? The implication is there would be no point to it. And he goes on to say, the logical conclusion would be, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Let's enjoy the pleasures of this world as much as possible before we die. Let's go be hedonists if the dead are not raised. But then he makes clear, but the dead are raised. So it makes sense to forego pleasures in this life for the sake of Christ. And that's where I would say every Christian should be experiencing that to some level or another. And that's where, I mean, there are martyrs. Not every Christian is going to be martyred. So they're clearly making a greater sacrifice than uh, many other Christians. And some of that is outside of our control. It depends on where God puts us and what God puts before us. But every Christian should be able to look at their life and say, man, there's a lot that I'd be doing differently if the dead weren't raised. And there's a lot of things that really I'm, I'm sacrificing and risking because I believe in the resurrection from the dead. And then he closes with a rebuke saying, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals or ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God, I say this to your shame. And again, I think this is rightly understood as a rebuke to an immature, worldly church. They were getting caught up in the things of this world. They were not thinking about the resurrection. So that, I think, is the clear now application point for you to meditate on and to think about today. Are you allowing yourself to get caught up in the things of this world? If so, watch out. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up. You are going to be raised from the dead someday. What difference should that be making in your life? And maybe you should think about that from kind of a broader perspective. Are you living, is your lifestyle one that would point to the reality of the resurrection? And maybe even just think through it on a smaller level. Think through it today. What kind of things should I do today if I really believe in the resurrection? Or maybe even what kind of attitudes should I have? Just as we talked about, if you were to receive 
and you knew you were going to receive $10 million for Christmas this year, I bet you would be a lot less stressed and worried about a lot of things. Again, how much more if you know you are going to be raised from the dead? Shouldn't you be a lot less stressed and worried about things in this world? So I hope your attitude, your actions, both today and really throughout your whole life are shaped by the reality of the resurrection. Christ really rose from the dead. And if you are in Christ, you will too. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.